guys, I'm back, but I'm not alone this time. I actually did manage to wrangle my boyfriend into coming on with me. He's looking at me with hate in his eyes, but I think at the end he'll have enjoyed the experience. So hopefully it all turns out great and we provide wonderful content. We're going to be talking about kind of moving away from the traditional nine to five, pursuing your passions, maybe working eventually towards being your own boss. This is something that I think Xander has a lot of expertise in. He gives me a ton of advice. Um, as you all know, I'm a housekeeper. Not the most glamorous job, but I'm my own boss, which is really nice. And I could not have done it without Xander's insight. And I feel like this is something a lot of us in our mid-20s are kind of wanting to do. We're kind of over the 9 to 5. We don't feel like it offers us the same freedom that... Um, I think we feel like working independently does, especially doing something creative. And so, yeah, this is my boyfriend, Xander. Hi, babe. Hey. How's it going, guys? So, how did you kind of start wanting to move away from just being, like, an employee and working just, like, a job, kind of? Hmm. Uh, good question. Uh, actually, seeing other people kind of breaking away from the system and starting their own thing uh, is what inspired me to do that. And my one of my first bosses, he ran a rock wall and bungee, Euro bungee jumping type uh, venue called Mike's Fun Place. <laughs> and uh, I worked for him from the time I was 13 to 18 every summer. And uh, he was just an entrepreneur, bought the thing himself, started his own business and Eventually, I was kind of running the show, and yeah, I guess he was my first, other other than my dad, who obviously, he does that for a living. He's a entrepreneur, inventor, master woodworker, so he's kind of always, he's worked for, he's been his own boss for more than my whole life for the past 30 years or so now. We'll link to his website in the podcast notes, because he creates like some really cool stuff, and I know holiday season's over, but birthdays happen. So you're going to want to look at his stuff for gifts, for sure. I will definitely link to it. Definitely, yeah. It's all one-of-a-kind stuff, all different stuff. All masterfully made. But So did kind of being an employee for both your dad and, I guess, Mike, kind of, when you realized you could carry the business and, like, do all that stuff, did it make you feel like, well, fuck this. Like, I can go do what I want to do on my own. I don't have to be, like, working for Mike or my dad. Did that help, or...? Well, I appreciated everything that I was learning while doing, while working for other people. Totally. I um, definitely didn't have the, all, all the ideas on my own to be able to go off and start my own business right away. Um, so working with Mike for all those years and yeah, running the show essentially when it came down to it. And then eventually, uh, well, I worked with my dad when I was younger, but then... In my 20s, I worked with him for several years and kind of took over the show there, too, while I was there. And um, running somebody else's business will teach you what you need to know to maybe run your own business. I love that. I love that. Because I feel like a lot of people forget they have to actually do the work, and it takes grunt work to become the master. You can't just go from zero to 100. You have to like put in the time put in the blood, sweat, and tears, and do the work. You can't, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was definitely working for Mike. I was putting in between 10 and 12-hour days, and then with my dad, we we did some insane hours. We would work 12 to 18-hour days sometimes, or even working through the night to get, it, get all enough art created for the show the next day or for the show that weekend. Do you want to kind of talk about that art real quick since it was actually like a really big part of your life and I'm going to ask you about it anyways. Yeah. Um, for several years and yeah, my early twenties or so, um, I moved to Texas and, um, I was talking to my dad earlier. He, he does a lot of things, but what he, what he was doing at the time is creating rock sculptures and, uh, in a way that nobody else does it. Uh, and by using pressurized water to cut through the stones and you, it's such a precision cut, you end up with both parts um, and it becomes a, a puzzle, uh, or it, lo it looks like a puzzle, but it's, uh, every rock is one of a kind and it's an art piece you can hang on your wall or put on an easel. 
and and you can program like any design into the computer and the water jet since it's so precise will cut it out so you can yeah. cut out like a cross and you have a negative space in the stone just like a cross and then you'd also have that little stone piece that could fit in there or hang or give it as a way as a gift or yeah I mean, and it was precise you could do dragonflies and uh, hummingbirds with down to their beak and uh yeah so i did that for the whole the whole process of taking from just a random stone flagstone is what we used um taking it from a stone and then turning it into a piece of art uh just kind of lear learned how to do that from my dad who kind of created that and then i helped him perfect the process so I, and i wasn't i wasn't my own boss but working with my dad i was allowed a lot more freedom than other places and to create and uh so yeah i kind of got to where i was my dad he likes he has a bunch of projects so he started working on other projects i took over the the what we called it was water carved creations so i took over that and um we did shows all over texas and new mexico and some in colorado and uh actually won some awards first place awards in the sculpture category and Red River, New Mexico. That was pretty good, pretty good feeling, good accomplishment. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, um, that's what I did for a while: uh, is make art, and that helped me get to Colorado, where I am now. And how we met. Yeah, and led to us meeting. Yeah, so romantic. <laughs> wow. So, do you think that when you're you decide you kind of want to be your own boss, you want to be an entrepreneur, where do you kind of start? Like, do you think you need to quit your day job? Do you, like, let's start with that. Do you need to quit your day job to pursue your passions and try and make it into a business? No, I don't think so. I think that <laughs> uh, quitting your day job without having a nice amount of savings in advance is never a good idea um, because really you should be thinking about what hobbies you have and what you like to do in your free time for joy or entertainment. And the day and age that we live in, I mean, there's you can get paid to play video games. You, yeah. can, you can get paid to watch commercials. That's what this confidence or, that's what Michael always says. <laughs> yeah, you can get paid. To, and, and so you just, if you really like, if you really like magazines or like we were talking about anime and manga magazines or something, yeah. if you really like that, and you're really good at drawing the same type of art because of that, then you could make that your career. And you can monetize anything now. At least you can like try to. Yeah. Well, I mean, if yeah, that's right. If you put it, if you present it to people, then you can most likely make money off of it. If you want to make money off of it. So you think it's important to kind of have a game plan? Because I think there's that misconception like quit your job and just travel the world or quit your job and just like do your passions without like talking about maybe having a plan or like you mentioned savings yeah I think people that there are people that have gotten lucky that they because they got fired from their job that that made them have to figure out totally but you don't just like freaking quit it without any idea of like knowing yourself or having money yeah if you are gonna quit your job that you should plan to quit your job and plan the next five steps after you quit your job awesome. so, to where you <laughs> at least you know you're gonna make money until you get your next job or you're gonna come up with ideas to you know I mean, there's craigslist you can go and find odd jobs on craigslist there's totally anything to make ends meet until you if you really want to accomplish your goal you'll you'll stick with it and accomplish your goal. And I think both of us agree that every single job out there is an opportunity to A, like get to know yourself better and be the source of inspiration for you doing something that maybe isn't a nine to five. So mm -hmm. don't underestimate the power of just working jobs. All of them are sources of inspiration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've been my own boss now for past three years. I haven't had to work for anybody else, but it's awesome. In the, the past, out of the past five years, I mostly was my own boss, but I would pick up jobs here and there. And one of those was working as a custodian at the purgatory ski area. And it reminded it, you how much you hate. Yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a great job. I'll tell you that much, but I, I am happy I had the job. I'm happy for the experience and it, it, it humbles you when you uh, to clean up after others but also to to do a good job at anything is what's important and 
you need to appreciate your custodian or janitor <laughs> wherever you are because you don't Praise. realize how good a job they're doing keeping the show running. <laughs> the housekeeper in me is like nodding vigorously along like, yes, yes. <laughs> so now we've kind of talked about how to take that first step, but I think a lot of people struggle with the inspiration. They're like, I know I want to be my own boss, but like, what do I do? Like, what should I do? How do like they the first think- step? Kind of like once you have the money in place and you're feeling ready to move forward, forward, like you're like, okay, like I'm, I feel open to the experience of being my own boss. I'm ready to take that on. But they're like, so what am I, what do I want to do? Well, how do you find that inspiration? How do you kind of come up with that drive, that passion thing that really clicks with you and puts you in the zone that helps you do the work and actually become your own boss? Uh, well, you have to do a tremendous amount of believing in yourself first off. You have to believe that you can even do that. (laughs) And that's a lot harder than it sounds because it's scary to... I think we all are pretty conditioned to work for other people from an early age, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Uh, It's kind of just expected. But then when you realize you're not answering to anyone and you're the only one responsible for your income... Your free time. And, dude, scheduling your free time, I know it sounds like bliss, but at first you have... Depending on how you schedule your life, you will probably have some free time and more free time than normal if you work a nine-to-five, and it's actually super overwhelming. Yeah, when you have nobody else telling you what to do, you have to be more disciplined yes, to tell yourself Yes, that's a way better way to, to say do. it. <laughs> Eloquent. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have to find self-discipline, and it's better when you're your own boss or when you're working for yourself to have more things to do than to have less things to do. I personally make, I make goals every day and do you write them in that journal or do you just keep them in your head no I don't I don't write them down I just uh, I just keep I have them in my head and I have I mean I have short-term and long-term goals but every day I have goals and very rarely do I accomplish all my goals and that is not because I'm slacking or because and I'm not I'm not upset about that I always like I well my I reference my father usually he goes and goes and goes and he usually plans 24 hours worth of work and a 12-hour work day um but rarely does it only work 12 hours but he usually plans about double the amount and I've kind of fallen into the the, the middle space I plan a di- uh, like 18 hours worth of work and a half in a half a day and if I don't accomplish it that's okay because then that just gives me something to work on and build on for the next day and uh and then you have your long-term goals which are really important as well because if you're just work if you just are working from day to day then you what are you working towards yeah you don't want to get like too stuck in either like thinking long term like when i'm successful and you get caught yeah. up like five years down the line or and you don't want to get caught up in like the day-to-day just like paperwork or whatever requires you to stay afloat and keep your responsibilities you know flowing yeah. you have to have a balance of both yeah the big picture is great because you have to be able to see that to make it happen it motivates but, you yeah but you have to be realistic with your daily goals and or be i mean remember you're doing your goals to reach a bigger picture and without the small picture you can't reach the big picture yeah so you have to keep that like yin and yang of both yeah in your life yeah which i think even if you're not being an entrepreneur that's great advice for pretty much anything yeah I think I mean all this advice can apply to anybody uh, if you're an entrepreneur or not Basically, I think it can make you yeah it can make you a better employee for anyone uh, you can make your, you can make you just feel better about yourself and being more accomplished and confident this and could capable. apply to like saving money to planning a wedding I mean really whatever it's all about how to create have a vision in your mind to be able to put it out there and create a tangible return on it whether mm-hmm. it's emotional satisfaction, money, or a mix of both. so. Mm-hmm. And I know some people, they have weekly goals and they have monthly goals. Um, and then most people have yearly or five-year. I'd say most people have a year or five-year goal. And then like a day-to-day goal, kind of. But totally. I, um, I don't necessarily have a weekly goal, or, but I, I, do have, I do get into monthly goals sometimes. Or like you know, there's certain things you want to accomplish within a year. But uh, it's all, those are always changing. Um, and they'll and be adjusting. totally different whatever venture you're going into because certain things require different timetables is just a fact mm-hmm. so it depends on how free your schedule is and what you're planning you know obviously if you're planning to save like 10 grand you're probably not going to be like in three months i'm going to save 10 grand so just be realistic and don't beat yourself up 
you know, you'll learn from failing, mm-hmm. which is actually perfect because now I really want to talk about the struggles of doing your own thing, starting your own business, basically going out on your own. We kind of touched on them and mm-hmm. saying, I loved what you said when you were talking about no one's telling you what to do. Basically, no one's on your back, but also no one's looking out for you to like schedule your time. Mm-hmm. They're not making sure that you fail or succeed. Totally. They're, they're just, you are the only one that is doing that. Totally. A- and um, unless you hire, I mean, until you get to the point where you hire employees and then they want you to succeed as well. So they can make and, money. And so they can succeed, but then, I mean, that's later down the line. Yeah, we talk but, about this a lot, the whole employee thing. Since both of us work for ourselves and we're really... Well, I'm not going to say I'm like extremely passionate about cleaning, but I'm passionate about what I do because it offers me like benefits that outweigh scrubbing toilets 100%. But finding people to make a team out of who are equally passionate about what you do and <laughs> equally invested, that I would say is one of the largest struggles you will come across because it's really you. Like, yeah, there's not a boss scheduling your time or checking in on your success or your failures, but there's also no one else who's like problem solving with you or giving a fuck about what you're doing really yeah Yeah, and and you're gonna want that most (laughs) likely when you start your own business or when you start your own project you want other people to have your back and to help you and to give a fuck about what you give a fuck about exactly but you just can't expect your friends or family to give you that right away that's or ever it's not their job to be passionate about what you're passionate about or ever but whenever whenever you're passionate other people will feel that passion and if you keep moving forward and stay true to what you're doing then you will have people that want to support you and that totally and that is not I mean that's not something that is guaranteed but it's something that you can grow it will grow to expect because you are you're moving forward and progressing and as you do that people use the haters start to become the followers it's just (laughs) like a slogan (laughs) it happens Yeah, and it's honestly, that was the biggest thing for me is um, when I first started working for myself, pretty much out of necessity, it was really hard because I felt super alone a lot of the time, and I didn't really feel like anyone was there to talk to or share my life with. Obviously, Xander was, but I mean, we're not necessarily doing the same things, but it was actually really freeing to talk to him about it and realize he was going through the same thing and then realize I didn't need anyone. Like, it's amazing to find that resilience and that endless source of passion and inspiration within yourself. It's a never-ending flow. And honestly, like, people around you will burn out because that's just life. And it's just really great to know you only need you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we need friends and family in, like, a full life. But when it comes to, like, supporting your business, it's you. Yeah, well, and when it comes down to it, with your business and you have this goal, you are the only one that really can see that picture. So you are the only one that can, that is really going to be working towards that. Like totally. you have, and you have to be the one that's going to do that more than anybody else. And like, cause you're going to be the one that wants it the most. Yeah. And, and like you're saying the, um, being like, like what success means to me, like with, in that area is being like confident and capable to know that you can do that. And to to feel free to make those decisions, and um, regardless if it turns out good or bad. Totally. Because, but you know, it's on you, and sometimes that's nice. Yeah, and I think it's super nice to either have like close friends or a really supportive partner who you know, or family who you know, if times get tough, will be there because sometimes they do get a little tight. You can be doing wonderfully and then have just a really shitty month and maybe you need emotional support, maybe you need financial support. Yeah. Doing it completely alone, man, you're gonna want people around you that you know love you and care for you regardless of what your career is or what your goals are. Yeah, what the project, whatever it is. Yeah, separate of the project, you still have to have people there for you, definitely. Totally. So when it comes to time and money management as struggles with starting your business, what are your thoughts on that? I think a lot of people expect to, if well, the kind of people that are just going to quit their job and start their own business, Woo. they expect to be making money right away. Totally. Or they must, or else how would they continue to live the lifestyle? Yeah. 
And I think Instagram and, like, blogs kind of feed into that. Not that bloggers are lying or Instagram people are lying, but I think it makes it look like success is instant, and it's just not true. Yeah, like, overnight really means, like, three or five years. Like, an overnight success is, like, somebody who's been working, you just didn't know about it for three or five years or ten years. And then, boom, now everybody knows. And then you're a success. But that there's so much struggle behind all of that. Yeah, and, and no one's going to, like, show their struggle because that's a waste of time. Like, you want to focus on growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I've struggled. I mean, I like I said, I've worked for myself for the past few years, but before that, I, I don't know, maybe it was seven years ago, I was homeless for a week. Um, I camped in the woods. It wasn't a big deal. I had, I had fun. <laughs> Luckily, but, he loves doing that stuff, but I know that sounds horrifying yeah, to a lot of you yeah, out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Some of my friends, I tell that to, and they just go, oh, man, that's terrible. We're both, like, mountain <laughs> people. We're both from but, states that are focused on the outdoors, so that's, like, normal yeah. here, but, like, I know it sounds sketch yeah, as it was, fuck. Yeah, it was summertime. It was, you know, the weather was great camping in the mountains. But uh, anyway, my old my old boss, Mike, um, I, I went down to him and asked if I could uh, sell some of my art, some of my stone sculptures on the lot, uh, or what he would charge for me to do that, and he, he said he'd, give, he'd let me finish up June, which is about two more weeks left of June for free if I wanted to sell my stuff there, and uh, I went from having less than $100 to my name, and then one day I sold $300 worth of art, the next day I sold $200, and in that week I made enough money to get back on track and I I had to borrow some money from friends while I was camping I was able to pay all of them back I was able to make enough money to pay for the, the spot for renting I rented that spot for the whole rest of the summer from July till September and uh, yeah I just got the ball rolling you know um, you I, I didn't expect I, I knew I was low on cash when I was in that position so I didn't expect to have a ton of money um, I were to live above my means, but once I started having the cash flow and started making it happen, um, it, it the, I mean, the dream has come true, I guess. <laughs> so when you're having like those tough times, like the time where you were homeless or the time where you ended up moving in with my roommate and I, what do you do in those times if you're your own boss? Do you recommend... What do you recommend? Like, time and money is, like, some of our most valuable... The things I think we value the most, especially in our society. So when those things are tight or they're not fitting into the puzzle of your life, like, what do you do? Yeah, it's uh, it can be tough, like, emotionally. Um, you have to kind of believe that... Believe in yourself and believe that everybody goes through transitional phases and that, like I was saying before, nobody's just an instant success. And people that are successful, um, are were successful, they, they aren't always that way, or they haven't always been that way. And uh, I think of it more as paying your dues, essentially. Um, just like I, like I said before, having to uh, go work for the ski area for a season if I need to. Um, like, that just, it, it humbles you, um, it can be depressing, so you do, if your friends help a lot, and... Yeah, you do. You just have to believe in yourself and keep planning. Keep keep your goals going. Don't don't give up on your dreams. So just because maybe let's say times are tight, don't feel bad that you might have to go back and just work a job to make ends meet. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You can still work on your daydream while you do your day job. A hundred percent. Just keep yeah. reaffirming your goals and igniting that passion within you while also making sure you can feed yourself. Mm-hmm. There's no need to be a starving artist. There really isn't. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, and, and it is a thing. If you are uh, just trying to live off of being an artist alone, it, you, it, you can see there's a starving artist where the term came from. Um, so I, I rarely ever just had one job, even when I was doing my art uh, exclusively. I still had two or three other side things going. Um, I, I always use the term, uh, I don't like to keep all my eggs in one basket because that you can't... You, because then you can't you count your eggs before they hatch. <laughs> you yeah, and if something goes wrong, there it's just all gone. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of talking about I think I think based on what we're saying, the main struggle seems to be kind of keeping your energy levels up and keeping that focus because it can be really hard, especially when you're working another job that maybe isn't like your passion. So when you're working your nine to five and then 
trying to keep your goals like in line and keep your money going into your bank, it's really hard to keep that balance and that energy. And so starting your own business is not like, oh my God, I love flower arranging. I think I'm just going to flower arrange and it's all going to work out. Like you're, the emotional investment, not to mention the financial investment, will be a lot at first. You will be working around the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll work more hours for yourself than you have ever worked for anybody else. But it will feel, the emotional reward is a lot better than working a 12-hour day for someone else, 100%. Oh, yeah. I feel energized instead of, like, killing myself. You'll feel more accomplished <laughs> than you've ever felt as well working than working for anyone else. Totally. Um, like I was saying earlier, knowing that it's it all comes down to what you're, you, you are doing, so it's your energy. You are creating whatever it is and yeah. it's a pretty amazing feeling whenever you know, sometimes it can go from not existing at all to being something that is physically you can put your hands on and that's a pretty amazing feeling yeah I love that we talked about that in some other episodes about how to take things like emo- like feelings or vibes or goals and put them into the tangible world I would say it's definitely one of the most rewarding feelings especially when it comes directly from you mm-hmm So now that we've kind of talked about some hurdles and some background about starting your own job, I'm sure some of you out there are thinking, well, why the fuck would I want to start my own business? Like, why is this even like a thing? Why, why would you want to do that? Well, for the freedom, mostly, I, for the freedom and for the freedom to create, that's why I like to work for myself. Um. Yeah, I totally vibe with that. We, like, we talked about that endless spring of inspiration that comes from within. And when you start working on projects for yourself to create something bigger than yourself, like a business or a trip or whatever, honestly, you just feel so energized and so stoked on it. It's, like, the most amazing feeling. You feel so light and ready to do the work. You know? I think. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, feeling that creative outlet is one of my biggest reasons. Yeah. Just, I, I guess, uh, people need to do what makes them happy. And I feel like in the past, like, if you were doing what you love and getting paid for it, that was, that was what a job was. Like, people would have a skill, and they would go and do that for somebody, and then they'd get, they'd get reciprocated in a way. And nowadays, we kind of lost that. We kind of think we have to go to work, and we have to just kind of go do the job whatever we've got instead of thinking like I, I actually this is kind of the area I want to work in and I and I enjoy this and I want to eventually maybe become my own boss for this and so a lot of people aren't on the right track to do that in the first place yeah besides I think everyone's had that feeling when they're at their job like holy fuck I could do this a million times better than my coworkers or my superiors or whatever you know I think we've all been there and that's a great base point, not gonna lie. Yeah. Honestly, like, run with that. Feel yeah. that. You're do not it. being egotistical, but <laughs> yeah. be realistic, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, do it, just do it better. Do yeah. it, do it your best. And if your best is better, then everybody else will have somebody to look up to. And they'll, they'll, you'll either get promoted and you'll end up taking that person's job and they'll look up to you, or you'll move to a better, bigger place. You know, life will go on. Honestly, if you think you're interested in starting your own business, work for a startup. I think it is one of the best things you can do. And in this day and age, there's so many. I mean, we live in a very small town and there's constant opportunities to work at startups here. Mm -hmm. So I know there's no excuse. And it gives you an amazing insight in what not to do and what to do. And it can only make you a stronger employee and therefore boss because you can't be a good boss if you've never been an employee. Yeah, well, and you get to learn from somebody else's mistakes that don't cost you as much financially. Exactly. There's no or risk for you. <laughs> Basically, everything that we're talking about is being your own boss. You don't, you're not as much as risk at risk for, but you still are getting all the learning experiences. Totally, and, and usually there's great benefits of like you have say in what the business is like gonna do and where it's gonna go. You kind of are on a, a more friendly turn with your boss usually, and they yeah. want your input. And it's like a they, college course for being an entrepreneur. Yeah, they they it is. They trust you. They kind of let you manage the place, or uh, yeah, so you can get that experience of owning, running your own place. And totally. You, and you were running the show. You could have. You could have your own juice bar if you wanted to yeah I worked for a juice bar startup for a couple years and it was like 
three employees, my manager, and I was a co-manager, and then, like, one other employee, and it was definitely the best learning experience of my life, and, I mean, if people are interested, I'll talk about it more, but basically, my key piece of advice is to find a startup, something that you're passionate about and actually into. Maybe it's not exactly what you want to do, but you should like the work you're doing and work for them. Give it your all. You're listening to Casual Adulting, the podcast helping you navigate the murky waters of your mid-twenties. We'll be right back after this short break. Maybe stalk our Insta while you wait. Kiss, kiss. You know? Yeah, definitely. Whatever you're doing, try not to slack. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to succeed on your own, you need to be successful in a group or successful with somebody else. So, or at least have the ability to do that. Yeah. To build on. Because we've all had such terrible bosses. I know that's a universal thing. And I really just think that comes from not being a great employee, honestly. I mean, you got to be the little guy to be the big guy. That's mm-hmm. my biggest thing, too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. appreciation, dude. You have the appreciation for all sides. Yeah. Okay, so now you have the idea to do your startup. You're doing your thing. How do you go about defining success like what does success mean for you because I think this is key when you're creating your goals yeah um yeah success means accomplishing my goals for me <laughs> okay but I, I mean that's like kind of a given you know yeah um I guess it would be more success would be what uh, accomplishing my five-year goal which my might be having my own house and so land. do you like prioritize your goals like some goals if you don't accomplish them it's not a big deal but some goals are like this is something i need to feel successful yeah there's definitely different tracks that depending on what you're on you may need to go that way or not um i i don't i don't know if having money necessarily makes me successful or makes me feel successful but having the freedom to be able to eat what I want to eat or being able to drive my car wherever I want to drive it without worrying about if I can get gas or something. You know, it's the so little financial things. financial freedom to it's, kind of do what you want? Well, it's, it's the, the financial struggle is what mostly everybody our age deals with. Yeah. Um, and I think that's always in the back of about everybody's mind. Um, and... Being able to not have to worry about little things like that uh, is... So that's the feeling of success That's what you. makes me feel successful on a day-to-day basis. Okay. But on a, on a large term, that is not what success is. For uh, you personally. For me personally. Um, but I don't think that should be success for anybody, just being able to eat, eat and like, live a normal life. I think that we should all be <laughs> yeah. given that ability, but I just think that... Um, that's one of Xander's and I's pet peeves is we feel like everyone... Not everyone, but a lot of people in our generation just act like making basic ends meet is like some amazing thing that they could pay the bills and like feed themselves and I think that's pretty low to like be excited about I we talk about how we wish people would actually like challenge themselves more because that's like required to be alive you know yeah. you shouldn't be excited that you are being able to be alive yeah that's like a given <laughs> yeah so that's that's why some people they they don't they don't have the motivation to want to be their own boss, and that's Which is fine. fine. Totally fine. As long as they're, I mean, not as long, but it's better if they're working for somebody else and employed by somebody else and doing a job than not. Do what fucking works for you. Do yeah. what's calling to your intuition and to your heart. You know, it's being your own boss is definitely not for everyone. Yeah, and some people they might be financially well off, and they don't have to come up with a job that to to make ends meet. But that doesn't mean that they can't still be inspired to create their own company or their own business and help totally. other help other people um, do that as well. It's all about keeping being inspired and keeping other people inspired. So would you say that feeling inspired is kind of a feeling of success for you? Like being inspired by your own work and therefore other people's work? Yeah, being inspired by other people's work and my own and being able to create my own work with through my inspirations is uh definitely feels like success to me <laughs> yeah I think personally since you asked yeah, let's say, what about you um 
I think success to me, since I usually am doing stuff that involves customer service, is when I really feel that positive response from the people I'm working for. I just have always loved making customers feel welcome and listened to because I think I like doing that for most people in my life. But I think success to me, another big thing is that realization that you're growing as a person and you're gaining more and more self-knowledge and becoming a more well-rounded person and more you because of the experiences that you're having. And I know that's not like, you can't really write that down. It's more of a feeling, but I love that feeling of becoming more self-aware and getting to know myself, which I think is a, a challenge in your 20s to know who you are and honestly, taking risks will help you do that. We've talked about that in other episodes too. Yeah, and that feedback that you get from your customers um, that makes you feel good, you already, you felt, you were feeling that inside already. And then, and then when somebody tells you that, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's, they can, they can, yeah, it's that outward going inward and inward going outward. It's, totally. So it's, yeah, it's, it's that people can feel your passion, I guess, like I was saying earlier. And it totally helps you realize your, I guess, like, what influencers would call your target audience. Um, you know, obviously Xander and I are, aren't influencers, <laughs> but we definitely give a shit about reaching people who we can, like, positively impact their life and vice versa. So really paying attention to feedback is important. Mm-hmm. And and if it's good or, good or bad feedback, totally try to be positive, either way. And I've totally had clients that I've taken on that like the first moment I like started working for them, I knew it was not a match, and I called it off because you want to mm-hmm. be able to have that relationship with people, and it's okay to just say maybe this isn't a relationship that's gonna work. Yeah, go with the vibes that you're feeling too. And be honest and upfront and direct as soon as you know. Don't drag it out. Like, let's say a brand reaches out to you. Let's just use the influencer model. And you're really, you've been waiting for a brand to reach out to you, but they're not really your style and you take it on and it doesn't genuinely feel like you and you feel like you kind of let down your audience and let down yourself. You can learn from that, but you can also, like Xander said, follow those vibes. And the moment you feel like this isn't really me, this isn't really feeling right on target with where I'm going, Fucking cut that shit out. Mm-hmm. You definitely could be successful without it. Trust me. You will be more successful because you will be happier. <laughs> yeah, put your energy elsewhere. Yeah. So part of success is also feeling like you're doing, to me, feeling like you're being your truest self and you're staying on target with that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And having fun and being happy while you're doing it. That's Our all. key. Yeah, that's all. I mean... I don't think you can be your true self and be unhappy. I was going to say, anybody you see that is that is following their dreams, they, they don't ever seem very unhappy when they're doing Yeah. That. They always do, they have a smile on their face most of the time. Totally. And, the and passion that, drives you through the stress. Yeah, and sometimes you just can't help but smile, no matter, what, no matter how hard a day at work you had or what you're doing sometimes. It's just, you feel so inspired and so happy that you're doing it. That yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And if I can feel that being a housekeeper... I know anyone can. Um, like I said, it's not necessarily about what you do. It's like each to every person. You know, I don't really care if you're in finance or you're a model. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You just have to be into what you're doing and want it to move forward. Yeah, well, and, and also I guess another thing with like being positive, try not to complain while you're on the job. Like I feel that's like a big one. that is yeah, that's one of those I forget about because I haven't worked with other people in a while. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, whenever you're with a crew of, say, three or four people at a job and you all have the same position, essentially, and one person starts complaining, it's like a disease. Then, before you know it, the next person's complaining, and the next person's complaining, and then everybody is just complaining. And it can be about nothing. It can be about one thing one day, and it can be about the exact opposite thing the next day. Totally. Usually, say, people saying they want more hours, and then they get more hours, and they say, I want less hours, literally a day later. So... Try, uh, um, when I'm in those positions, I always try to be the one person that doesn't complain, try to make positive out of the situation, try to stay lighthearted, and I always think, well, if this person wants to go home now, and they're complaining uh, because they don't want to be working, send them home, yeah. I'll stay, I'll make the extra money, 
they won't be here complaining to me. I'll be like, that's the positive. There's always a silver lining and everything. And even having conversations with those people afterwards, though, telling them they should probably complain a little less, it actually made them more positive. They felt better. And they didn't realize the power of words totally on, the, on themselves and their surroundings. And complaining or buying into other people's negativity will only box you in because you'll be afraid to be judged if you do well at your job or you're not bothered by your job. But then you'll also judge yourself too, you know? Because I feel like it's, it's kind of like that middle school mentality of whoever, like, gives the least fucks is the coolest. And complaining and, like, hating stuff is, like, so cool. But really, it's not. It's yeah. super toxic. It's the least cool thing you can do at a job. Yeah. Just maybe just even try and be neutral because we all have just worked don't shitty say, Yeah, jobs. just don't say anything. That's all. Like, uh, if you don't have anything positive to say or anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Like, that's yeah. what I was raised on. Just let on. it go. And Know yeah, you're getting paid. No, yeah, know you're at a, your job and you're there getting paid and you're getting paid to do what you're told to do. That's what your and job And maybe is. we'll do a post, we'll do a thing on toxic people and how to deal with them because, man, is that a skill that I could have used earlier in my life. Mm-hmm. Whew. Because it's contagious, like I said, so even if you're the, the one positive one, you hang out with surrounded by toxic people too long it can get you down so you got to stay positive that's for sure just remember negativity boxes you in yeah definitely doesn't help you out so why do you think resilience and self-knowledge are important when you're trying to be your own boss um well because you're gonna fail (laughs) (laughs) cool i'm on the same page (laughs) i mean if, if you just if you only expect to have one go at something and then you want, if you fail, then that's it. Then what's the point? Like you have to be resilient with, with what it is you're trying to accomplish. I mean, most likely you're not going to be able to do it on your first go. Or if, I mean, if you are, like I said, it's years of time is what takes a first go. So you, you have to be resilient because nothing happens overnight. And, yeah, you can't be afraid to fail, though. That's that's the key, is actually failure is the greatest way to learn, is to fail. Trust in your support system. Mm-hmm. Trust in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think that's a good, simple answer. Because, honestly, it takes so much work and so much getting over so much doubt that if you don't have that resilience and that knowledge that you of yourself, like, dude, it can overwhelm you, which is yeah. totally fine. Just try again. You have to be able to see the other side when you're in it. And yeah. And if you don't make it to the other side, then that's okay. You, but you saw it, and that then you have totally. something to shoot towards again for the next go. Always progressing. That's what I think life is about, but also especially being your own boss. It's always progressing and moving forward. Yeah. And also I think that a lot of the times you probably will be inspired by what you're doing, but everyone goes through phases where they aren't. And you're going to want to reaffirm your goals to yourself and just put your nose down and do the work because the inspiration will come back. But if mm-hmm. you don't do the work and put time and energy into your project, I mean, you'll never know because it will probably be dead in the water at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and when inspiration hits, it's great if you have that time to work on it right then, you know, because... Totally. Because... The next day, you may not have that inspiration anymore. I think both um, of us work a lot like that. Remember, yeah. though, if you're at your job... Honestly, the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast, touches on this a ton. And she, Lauren, the Skinny Confidential, would always talk about how she would bring her laptop to work when she was a bartender. And she would just be like, I gotta go pee or whatever. And she'd go blog in the bathroom stall. Like, you can make it fucking work. Mm-hmm. There when are no excuses. When inspiration calls, just do it. We have yeah. iPhones. Put in your fucking notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I have a thought that I know I'm not going to be able to get to at the time or physically enact, I'll put it in my phone or speak into my phone or have a tab, a search tab for later on totally. Google. Like, and I create hashtags on my computer and in my notes that will bring up those feelings again for me. They're like little triggers. That way when I'm rereading it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how I feel. And I'm in the zone now. You know, it really helps. Words are powerful. It helps you use the right words that will trigger you. Mm-hmm. Definitely does. So this is maybe a smaller topic, but do you think there are toxic reasons for starting your own business? 
this was something I was like, I came up with and I was like, hmm, I haven't really thought of that before. Well, I think, uh, I think there's, if you start your own business without certain priorities in mind, certain goals in mind, that it won't be successful. I don't know if that makes it, makes those reasons toxic. Okay. But there's, there's, there's wrong reasons and right reasons for starting your own business, I would say. Yeah, and maybe I'm thinking more like Instagram and blogger stuff where people are like just on there to gain followers or look hot. Which yeah, I don't I mean, think are inherently bad, but I think they end up being toxic to them personally, you know? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, I guess there's like the few main reasons, like people want fame and they want riches and, the, and they want... Um, to be adored, I guess. I don't yeah, know. To be an icon. <laughs> yeah. Like to... Beyonce recently said, like, I want to be an icon. I was like, okay, whoa. Yeah. Don't hate me. No Beyonce shade. Just throwing it <laughs> out there. <laughs> That's a little much for me. But I think if you only focus on one of those aspects, like if you only want to... Like if you're not uh, driven by your audience or by your passions. Yeah. Like, I mean, it has to, it definitely has to be something more within you than just say like, you want to have more money. Or you or, want people to follow you. Yeah, or you want to have more followers, or you want to have more, I don't know, or you want to be a movie star, or something. Yeah, where's the passion in that? Yeah. Like, I want to be famous, okay? Like, like you can't whoa. just want, you know, some, I guess some people just want other people to know their name. Totally, and, and I think that's huge right now. Yeah. Because it seems so accessible. When I feel like, I mean, that's been huge since because, the, the pharaohs. Totally, like, but King even, Tut but and, now with Instagram and Tumblr, it yeah, seems now, like accessible. Now everybody wants to have... Uh, the, yeah. their name known and wants to have something built in their honor essentially totally because before people were like I'm a peasant he's a king I'm definitely not going to be a king but now yeah. people could be like she's Instagram famous I could sell T-Talks too bitch yeah. like yeah by the way fuck T-Talks it was gross anyways um, <laughs> sounds bad dude <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay cool we're on the same page so there definitely can be toxic reasons for going into being your own boss and it's really important you sit down with yourself and ask yourself why you want to do this because if it is for fame or money or notoriety you're gonna burn out and you're gonna feel shitty about it and it's gonna fail because it's not coming from a true source inside of you yeah you just need to be real and work with that and not have you need to work from what you've got and not see like the end goal and be like i want that Totally. And just copying others because they're successful. And even if you want to be successful in the same realm, let's use a skinny confidential again as an example because I love her. If you want to be an influencer, you can't be another skinny confidential. You have to be an influencer that's true to who you are and in your own expression. No one can guarantee that the way you express yourself is going to make you famous or make you rich. But that's the best way to try. Mm-hmm. Being yourself. And really being yourself, that's what people like more than anything. When they can tell you're just being you. Even if you're not necessarily a, a nice person all the time. Or 100% or, sure of who that person is. Yeah, they just like that they are who they are. Totally. And don't be afraid to grow and change and get to know yourself as you grow with your business. Like, give yourself that room to be a different person day to day, month to month, year to year, you know? Mm-hmm. Because your key goal, your key voice will still come out, you know? And people want to see you being the real you. So don't try and, like, edit everything so that it stays the same. It will become stagnant. Yeah, people can people can tell what's real. Totally. Babe, you're going to love this question. How do you deal with the haters? <laughs> the negative people, the naysayers. What do you do? Um, there's... Throughout my career, <laughs> as or past, throughout my uh, life, there yeah, there's been haters. Definitely been some haters. I've always <laughs> definitely. I've always kind of been the guy with the different ideas and the different dreams, are just wanting to accomplish different things than most people. And I usually I think a little bit outside the box, and not everybody appreciates that or understands why I would even want to do that. That's the biggest thing is. Do you think they genuinely don't understand, or do you think that they're hating out of other reasons because... I sometimes feel like when people see others being successful or doing something they want, they want to tear them down? Why yeah, do you think well, people hate? Well, that's na- That's more now. I okay. guess that's what I was going to get to now. But, like, when you're... Uh, 
yeah, when you're starting off, like there's gonna be there's gonna be the haters, and um, not necessarily because you're successful. Some people just hate because they can't understand why you would want to have that lifestyle or why you wouldn't want the lifestyle that they have, which is working a nine to five. Yeah. Um, they just can't grasp that you actually would want to not do that. And so that is where the that's where the haters originally started. So like kind of out of that fear of like, well, how are you going to make money? You're not fitting in with the mold. Or yeah, people were they were almost worried about me not being an actual part of society, or maybe they were worried I wasn't going to contribute to society. Or do you think or that I, it's like coming out of them not living to the like in line with who they truly are, and they're feeling stifled by the life they've chosen, therefore they want to reflect that on others? Not so much, but as things go on, I think it becomes more like that as they start to see other people become successful or like say myself or like as, be able to live their as, life doing not as people five. yeah people that a year or two ago were telling me i can't believe you would want to to do this you wouldn't want to work a nine to five now they're saying what about well, security well can i well can i help you like what can i do to help you like they totally because they see the money coming in they yeah so the haters i mean the, the way what the way to deal with haters is to be successful and to and that won't just happen overnight, like I said a couple and times. And be proud of yourself for every little success, and don't let haters... You're going to doubt yourself enough. Don't let their yeah. doubt in your mind. Yeah. They don't know the inside scoop. They don't. 100%. If they're hating, they definitely don't know. And they're obviously not your close friend. Yeah. Well, and... Uh, I mean, yeah, people... Who knows? A lot of hating comes from within themselves. Like, they aren't happy with themselves, like you are saying, and they, they want to... They wish that they could have what somebody else has, but they don't understand the work, or they doubted that the work was even possibly done by an individual. So yeah. they, they, that doubt comes from within themselves, most likely. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, you can't get into it too much. You can't dwell on it because there's always going to be haters, and there's there's difference between criticism and and hating, though. Totally. And to be able to take negative criticism and work with that is, is, is different than to have somebody just hate on what you're doing uh, and, yeah. uh, without much reason or without them being able to explain why they're hating on what you're doing. Or even if they can, I feel like a lot of the time you'll be able to tell by the way it makes you feel in the long run. Criticism at first can seem insulting, but usually when you sit and think about it, you will grow and actually be able to see their side. I feel like when someone's hating, it just places insecurities and negative feelings in you that are kind of just an endless loop. Like, there isn't really anywhere to go with it, you know? Yeah. While with criticism, there's a lot of places to go with it, a lot of, like, personal growth. Hating kind of puts you in a box and keeps you down. Criticism is an awesome tool for becoming your best self. Yeah, well, and, like, I'm my biggest critic, I would say. Totally, you're such a Um, fucking perfectionist. Holy shit. Like, usually uh, other people will say something's... Or I'll create something and other people will think it's perfect, and I'll be like, well, I could have done this better. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's so annoying. It's really rare I ever think (laughs) anything is 100% perfect. Um, And that's... I think that's good, because that is something to work towards. Um, But I think that... um, having other people hate on top of you being your biggest critic can can get you down and so you just have to know that you're doing your best and keep criticizing yourself and working with that but don't let the haters get you down because they're just going to come and go and eventually they're going to become your biggest fans or your biggest followers or they're, they're going to become non-existent because they're not important besides when people are hating they're paying attention to you they're not neutral people who don't give a fuck are way worse than people who hate you at least people who hate you usually especially now i feel like they get really invested in your journey and that's Mm -hmm. where like people are like stalking other people online you know yeah so hey at least you're reaching someone they say like any publicity is good publicity uh, in hollywood anyway hashtag paris hilton circa 2000 (laughs) right i mean Um, (laughs) kim kardashian like oh i love you kim call me please i would love to interview you That is, you never know, babe. Don't don't hate. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. That'd be great. Babe. That'd be awesome. My favorite Libra that I've never met. Um. Okay, so last question, which I think is pretty important because we've talked about failure a fair amount. What do you do when you fail? Since it's definitely guaranteed. Um, how do you handle that? Um, try to stay positive. That's definitely a start. 
um, because the ultimate goal you have to make a goal again when you fail and it almost it almost lets you either wipe the slate clean and start with new goals or you have to kind of pick off where you left off and try to get back on the horse as fast as you can is it okay to realize when something fails that maybe you don't want to do that anymore and you want to do something different yeah um i mean that's like i was saying that's a good time to have new completely new goals like they don't you don't have to you, if you want to do the same thing, you can kind of like realize what your last goal was and you want to still accomplish that, you work towards that again. But you could be like, well, this didn't work out at all like this. And this was a whole year of my life or two years or whatever of my life. No and, waste of time. And yeah, it wasn't a waste of time, but it's just it was this is my life. And I learned that I don't want to do this. Totally. And, and so now I you want, know more about yourself. Yeah. And so I can take what some of that, or I mean, some people do completely different things, but a lot of people take what they know from one thing and they add it to another thing. They keep building like a foundation and up and up and up. Yeah, exactly. You got to move forward and you got to build your foundation of knowledge to add more knowledge. And yeah, failure is one of those things that happens and it's all about how you handle failure. That's what is the most important. And don't let failure hold you back from doing the things you want to do. Don't let it define you. I totally. Think that's what, that is the best piece of advice, I think babe. that being, being afraid to fail, that can define people. And failure can also define people. But I think just doing it, and if it happens or not, and learning from it all, that's what's most important. And yeah, if you, if you fail, just think, just try to take anything you can from that and move forward. Because there's definitely something that you can take from that. Yes, there's all, I think both of us agree that there's always experiences to be gained from everything in life, and I'm an experienced whore, like, I'll throw myself into situations just simply to under, like, see what it's like. Um, you don't have to do that, but just reflect when you're feeling down and shitty, and maybe something's crashed and burned, that you did learn something, and you probably know yourself better now, and now you can move forward in a way you definitely couldn't have without failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you fail, sometimes it is nice to take a step back. And it gives you like a forced break. It's really nice, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you're because when you're working for yourself, it's one of those things you kind of forget to give yourself days off, or actual breaks. You kind of just end up taking them where they come. And totally. so whenever you have that failure, it gives you a week or a few days or you know a certain amount of time to just think, and not about what you were not necessarily about what you had been working on, for that or that project it allows you to think about bigger scales of things and bigger pictures of things that totally. could have been related to what you're working on, but it may just been one part of the picture. And even if you're passionate about something, it's sometimes really nice to not think about it. Because mm-hmm. when you're passionate about it, you can like not sleep. You're so excited. Yeah, you can't not think about it. Yeah. Um, so it is, when you, when you fail, it's instead of dwelling on the failure, it's better to... Think of it as a vacation. Yeah, it's better to not think about it and... You'll be amazed at what random thoughts can come to your mind that will help you pro- progress and proceed forward onto a new path or, or a diverted path or same path, you know? Totally. And I'm going to be doing a podcast on saving and income and kind of what to do with money to be really successful because it's my strong point. Definitely have to have savings. Yeah. And so that will tie into this. So if anyone out there, which I think a lot of you are, struggles to like save money to budget to kind of break down those numbers survival versus like pleasure dude i got you we'll be doing an episode and it can really i don't know i think it'll really help because mm-hmm. you can't go into a business not knowing how to handle money mm-hmm. you fucking can't. You, can't you can't hoard the money but you can't spend it all either <laughs> yep but you got to spend money to make money so you got to find that balance totally maybe we'll do the, a podcast on that you can be on there too maybe well, guys, I can't believe we talked for a whole hour. Um, it was so fun to not be talking to myself alone, you know, like I usually do, like a secret psycho. So thanks so much, babe, for coming on. I super appreciated it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Happy late Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Okay, guys, have a good day, night, afternoon, whatever the F you're doing, and thanks for tuning in. Oh, and don't forget, please, to go check us out on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe. I really would love to hear some feedback. Um, Criticize me, give me some love, whatever. And don't forget, if you want to check out our podcast podcast notes, they're on our website, which is casualadulting.wordpress.com.
And that's also in the Instagram bio too, which is just casual adulting. So yeah, go check us out. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Love you lots and talk soonish. You know I'm horrible with scheduling. Okay, bye.